insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. Thank you for joining us for this conversation. Everybody, this is Sean Martin coming to you for RSA Conference 2023, where we get uh, to talk to lots of people about lots of different things, trends, and and uh, changes in the market and in the landscape of threats. And certainly, businesses have been transforming. The question is, has security transformed to keep up? And I'm thrilled to have uh, our friends from Quest Software, aka Quest, uh, joining us today. Uh, they've been doing a lot of stuff for a lot of years, and uh, we're going to hear a bit about their journey and kind of where things are headed. Uh, I have Sergey and Matthew uh, joining. Sergey, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and your role and maybe perhaps your, your journey to Quest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm coming from the product management background. I used to work for Oracle and a few slightly smaller companies venture-backed in the past, all the way in, uh, in Silicon Valley. We're here in San Francisco. And uh, the last few years prior to joining Quest, I spent at uh, private equity funds making investments into companies like Quest. And uh, what we're seeing is obviously this you know, tremendous wave of opportunity for you know, customers and vendors in the cybersecurity sp space and cyber resilience specifically. And so we're very excited about this uh, for our customers and for Quest and uh, particularly building on uh, the expertise that Quest has created in the uh, Active Directory and Microsoft overall space in the last over, what is it, 35 years of its history. Yep. Yep. Matthew. All right. My name is Matthew Vinton. I am a, what we call a strategic systems consultant or a pre-sales engineer here at Quest. I'm a relative junior. I've only been here for 10 years. And before that, I actually worked for a customer of Quest, and we're dealing with some of the sort of earlier forms of challenges that I'm seeing all the time uh, today. I work mainly with you know the, some of the larger organizations across North America, so I get a perspective on kind of sort of the challenges that are out there, uh, particularly challenges at scale. And uh, if you could, Matthew, uh, quick overview of. Quest. Uh, many years in this space. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what's that journey look like? Just kind of paint absolutely. Picture. So, back in my pre-Quest days, when I was a customer, that was actually a huge challenge, like getting my brain around everything that Quest did. So, Quest kind of start in the late 1980s um, with like database management, and in fact, that's still a big part of the Quest business. Now, Sergey and I were part of our. Microsoft platform management. So we focus on the security primarily of Microsoft platforms. Um, uh, Quest got to start with that in, it was around the inception of Active Directory. So it had been the late 90s, early 2000s that we began to uh, get into that business. And we've been basically growing and uh, growing the breadth and depth of our capabilities around you know, what we now term cyber resilience ever since. Yeah. Um 
I think what we're seeing, interestingly, um, Matthew mentioned Active Directory, right, and, and the inception of it in 1999, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, late 90s, we, we didn't really think about actively about security, enterprise security, the threats didn't quite exist, right? And in the last several years, ransomware specifically, but threat uh, from other actors has flipped the script on Active Directory. And so now you've got this 24-year-old product that 95% of the largest enterprise companies in the world rely on, even if it's not you know, front and center of your, uh, the way you log into your Salesforce and whatnot, but it's happening behind the scenes. It's managing the airport's flight scheduling, right? It's, it's managing manufacturing plans because a lot of the older you know, on-premise software is run in Active Directory. And so, so as I said, now it's an older, mostly not secured and not built with security uh, in mind product, right? And, uh, and it makes a lot of these enterprises very vulnerable, not only to ransomware attacks, which we're seeing a lot of, unfortunately, and there's an increase around the world, but also insider uh, threats as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, go ahead, Matthew. <laughs> I was gonna mention, uh, you know, I talked with a customer recently who, you know, they were starting, uh, that was the journey maybe towards leaving Active Directory behind. And I'm like, well, okay, how, how long do you think that's gonna take you? And they're like, uh, five years. And I'm like, if I would've asked you five years ago, what would you have said? Five years. So it, it's overall what we're seeing, you know, where there's this, uh, have a, a very complex platform out there. And yeah, uh, organizations are embracing new stuff. They're embracing the cloud, but there are so much tied into this, you know, pillar of organizational security that, you know, we, it's it's a place where we just continue to invest. We continue to see challenges and we continue to produce solutions. Yeah, and it, it, as a legacy platform, I can see where old installations set up a certain way with policies <laughs> set up a certain way. You might leave yourself a little vulnerable, but the, the platform is kept up as well, right? In terms of, maybe I'm wrong, but <laughs> identity of, of people and systems, but we now have IoT and OT, and I don't know how much Active Directory is playing a role in there, but we have also APIs and services and machines that are acting on our behalf. I don't know, does, does AD dig into that at all? I'd say yes and no, right? The, the challenge here is that, remember, Microsoft um, jumped on the cloud bandwagon several years ago, right? And all the investment went into Azure Active right. Directory, which makes a lot of sense. And Microsoft's, you know, fortifying it, making it, you know, fairly secure, uh, and it's a great product. But as I said, these 95% of uh, enterprise companies are still, they cannot physically leave Active Directory, and they won't be for a while. And that, that represents this challenge, right? So the architecturally, architecturally, the product is not up to a modern standard, no matter how much you patch or whatnot, but also remember Microsoft is not really neither selling it nor investing into it. And it's been going on for probably more than a decade now, right? How long has Azure been around for? Uh, that's, that's a huge so challenge. We're, so we're still, still sitting with that uh, situation. Right? That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, it, it's a situation where you know, not only is there not a lot of investment, but just the, the design of it. Like, it's not, you know, some of the things that we see regarding challenges with Active Directory, you couldn't produce a patch to patch out. It would break the fundamental aspects of it. So, and, you know, that's where we're seeing a huge amount of challenges. Not only is there not investment in that, 
uh, Microsoft's solution to a lot of these problems, well, move to the cloud. Mm. And, you know, as Sergey said, that is just not an option for, for a lot of folks. Yeah, I, th I think about it as a um, attack surface for a lot of companies, right? You, yes, there's the EDR, XDR, we, um, you know, 20 years ago or whatnot, we were looking at the signature-based security, right? And then the threat actress uh, evolved and we started to look at the perimeter, you know, based protection. That's not enough these days, right? So again, you need to obviously continue to invest into all these tools. Um, we are a thorough say, right? So threat detection and response is the, the new, you know, hot thing, especially with AI. Right. Absolutely makes sense. About half of the vendors are building some sort of, you know, threat detection response capabilities into their products. But if you look at it from, if I'm a CISO, if I'm a, you know, a member of a board of directors of a company, they need to be looking at the overall attack surface holistically, right? In Active Directory, if you think about it from the risk register standpoint, right? Active Directory is a key asset. It's sort of behind the walls, it's hidden, right? But, so the risk of losing it is probably not very high relatively, right? Because there's a lot of protections along the way. But, but if you do lose it because of the criticality of it, mm. your business comes to a standstill. You, you know, the employees show up on Monday morning to their office, or these days, you know, probably a hybrid workforce, work from home or whatnot. They cannot get into the buildings. They cannot log into their computers because guess what? Yeah. Most of it is uh, driven by Active Directory and Azure Active Directory, so all your identities. Okay. Yeah, um, and more than that, the, uh, actually really recently in the news, uh, the, the Microsoft terms the Mercury incident, I don't know whether anyone's listening to this has had a chance to look into the, 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 the sort of the technical aspects of what happened there, but Active Directory was absolutely a path that the attackers went through, leveraged a lot of like those old school, um, uh, one of my hobby horses, which is group policy, mm -hmm. leveraged that and then moved that, uh, their dominance into the cloud from there. So it absolutely, you know, got the system that you can't get rid of that increases your attack surface, even if you're investing in all the cool new stuff, you know, Azure and Internet of Things and and the whole kit and caboodle. So how aware are security leaders uh, with respect to the challenges they face here? Is it something top of mind or is it because it is hidden that they just don't pay attention much? That's an interesting question. So in my experience, it varies a lot. Um, and there's kind of an unfortunate, I think it's part of the history of a lot of organizations that there's this sort of this, I don't know, this sort of firewall a little bit between what you consider the traditional active directory people mm -hmm. and then the security people. And part of that challenge is also generational. Um, this is, I could spend a, you know, another <laughs> hour or whatever talking about, you know, what we're seeing as far as like the, the, the retiring talent when it comes to 8080 is a pretty mature technology and we're not seeing a lot of like the young um, folks really learning all that well so you know to specifically answer your question I think it drops off the radar or becomes a hey you know this is a team that we interface with rather than an integrated part of an overall security methodology which is where it needs to be yeah, it's interesting that Matthew is bringing up the, uh, or alluding to the security talent shortage. We're seeing that, what is it, the stat from Microsoft, 700,000 open positions yeah. worldwide. That's continuing, obviously, to increase, but things are much gloomier in the, anything on-prem, Active Directory, Azure Active uh, Directory. It's not new stuff. and shiny. 
Yeah, I mean, nobody's graduating from MIT and they're saying, oh, I'm going to be an active directory <laughs> security expert, right? Um, and that's a challenge. As a matter of fact, a few weeks ago, I was talking to uh, one of the prospects and they, the company has had the active directory admin job open for a year and nobody's applying just because there's no talent and it's and it's very difficult and and you know answering your earlier question about um, whether the business understands the criticality of it mm -hmm. I think there's a bit of a gap between the people in the trenches the you know the managers identity managers um, IT people who understand that they are responsible for this key asset we use the the metaphor the kings to the, uh, keys to the kingdom right. but it truly is the, the keys to the kingdom right because of the impact that it will have in your organization a lot of business leaders um, as I said there's there's a little bit of a gap here right there's mm -hmm. a lot of business leaders tend to look at it kind of maybe a little bit of a too much of a high level view and they don't understand the you know the inherent uh, importance of active directory right. well, let's talk a little bit about that because I like to think in terms of pictures and where this fits into the organization and what it does. And, and we can always look to the CIA triad, right? So a lot of, seems like a lot of effort generally in securities around confidentiality, protecting the data, be it customer or IP or whatever it is. And availability is always key. We often miss the integrity piece, I, I feel. Um, but even still, if you if you're disconnected from the AD group and the, the security teams, how do we? Or I guess what what are some of the systems and processes that AD enables that if one of the CIA elements are compromised or jeopardized, that the company you mentioned one you can't log in, can't access the building. But are there other things that companies just kind of miss out on? Well, you know, when it comes to what Active Directory does, it actually fits into what's probably probably one of the more frontier elements of overall security. Like network-based security. I mean, when I've got a little bit of gray in my beard now. And when I was starting you know, in the IT world, like that's where it was. That's who the security team often were, were network folks. They were setting up access rules. And the idea was we're going to keep the, the outside from getting in. Mm -hmm. Well, now your security is your identity. And that's what security is wrapped around. So, you know, when I uh, authenticate with Quest, it doesn't matter what network I'm on. Who I am and how I authenticate is where I get access to. So Active Directory is an integral part of that in almost every organization because your identity is going to flow through Active Directory. Even if technically you might be authenticating to a cloud endpoint, if that's synchronized with AD, then it's part of that pillar of identity that... that you know, modern organizations who are enabling a modern workforce are having to solve for. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll give you maybe a good business example. Last week we were talking to a, um, a car manufacturer, mm -hmm. a big brand, and, um, and they specifically called out that they're making trucks and they specifically called out the, the use case. I was thinking, hey, you know, your CEO is not going to be able to get into their computer and, and just the reputational damage. And they said, well, look, this is all bad. But what's really bad is we have a customer. This is their example. They said that we have a truck full of caviar somewhere in the desert of Arizona, and it breaks down. And we have an SLA, a service level agreement, with that customer to send a maintenance vehicle within a certain number of time right, to, to do the repairs. If our directory is down, 
we don't even know about that service request coming to us. We don't yeah. know who to dispatch and when and how. That's a much bigger problem in yeah. a you know competitive market than we all are you know competing against somebody at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah and that's uh, yeah. Who who cares how the the AD went down, right? Just the fact that it's down. It's it's not just a, a compromise that has to be recovered in terms of security response. It's more of an IT business impact issue to deal with there. Yeah, correct. And and one of the challenges we're you know, trying to educate, educate the market on is that it's not just IT's responsibility. Unfortunately, a lot of companies, the, the old thinking is it's some IT guys right. or girls with you know job to make sure it works. There's much more than that. The, maybe the configuration mm -hmm. and keeping up, up and running, that's IT. But again, as Matthew is saying, identities are at the center of attacks. I think the latest stat from Gartner, what is it, about the 80% or more of cyber attacks of all kinds, not just ransomware, uh, target yeah. identity and yeah. involve identity. Because yeah. it's the easiest way. You get into the organization, you spear fish, uh, take a 30,000, 50,000 person company, somebody's gonna click on something, yeah. right? And at some point, inevitably, your, you know, your perimeter defenses and your EDR, it'll fail or it'll be just too slow to yeah. respond, right? And so. So ultimately, there is this high risk of somebody getting to that identity and using the you know lateral moving laterally or escalating privileges and causing a, a lot of damage to yeah. the company. So in in the con because you've mentioned resilience a few times now. So in the context of, of resilience, um, what what does Quest do? How how do you how do you sit in the environment? How do you enable the teams? Which teams and to do what they need to do? And what, what's the ultimate outcome um, of that? You know, when I you know, ride up the elevator and someone asks me, kind of, okay, what do you do? Mm. Uh, the way you, I usually explain it, uh, I'm a little old school, but I, like, I do like using the NIST framework. So, you know, just really briefly, it's about, you know, assessing the environment as, as it stands. It's about detecting changes to that, uh, putting in preventative controls. It's about response and recovery. And so we play a part in each of those. Um, you know, basically trying to understand if an environment is culpable for exposure, indications of exposure, a bad configuration, a bad pathway, an open you know, attack path uh, through AD, through Azure AD. And of course, it's seen if not only- are Sorry, I'm gonna pause you. Is that to it and from it? Uh, Both? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So that's- uh, all, all activity, that's a great question, um, great point. Uh, you know, secondly, of course, is seeing when that environment changes, mm. seeing when uh, something might be actively being compromised or just, you know, configurations drift, being able to have unprecedented visibility, visibility greater than the, than the normal platform can give. Um, and then, of course, being able to put in uh, preventative controls. So when there aren't tooling again i'm gonna use my favorite example for policy <laughs> not to get too nerdy here but you know put in the governance with rollback and mm -hmm. uh, actual approval systems so that you know companies can avoid attacks like like the mercury attack and then finally kind of wrapping up with response and recovery at the end of the day you need to be able to put things back the way they were and active directory is an incredibly complex system from a technical level to put back the way it was and we've been doing that 
for 20 years. And uh, that includes, I, I presume, some of some of your database and backup and restore and all that stuff. That's as well, right. Yeah. Active Directory again, not to get too nerdy, is a uh, multi-master replicating mm -hmm. database that anyone who has tried to recover it manually knows and has probably lost a few hairs around <laughs> it. So we make that a lot simpler. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and I think it's interesting that we're seeing more and more modern attacks going after um, or, or using Active Directory specifically, right? I think last year uh, we saw a couple of attacks that were using um, group policy objects specifically to disable your EDR system, um, which is a nice, you know, nifty kind of backdoor, yeah. uh, backdoor, right? You can be a privileged admin and you can do that or you can just use uh, policy objects, right? And um, we're seeing more and more of that, unfortunately. And in the in the in the modern environment, right, there's the proliferation of AI and um, ransomware as a service, and and just making the market is developing for the threat actors, right, making it it much cheaper and easier for them mm -hmm. to to enter these companies, right, and and, uh, and break through the defenses. And unfortunately, we feel like it's putting a lot of the customers at a you know a weaker position because. They are focusing on zero days, which are extremely important. They're focusing on, as I said, the active threat detection and response, which is you know paramount to your security. We're not talking a lot about the preventative measures, mm. right? And uh, and I think that's what at least we as Quest, right? We're trying to sort of beat the drum and, and educate the market on the importance of it. And it's not only yeah. Active Directory and Promise; it's Azure Active Directory, right? Matthew mentioned some of the configuration changes and whatnot um, in both in Azure and even in AWS when it comes to accounts or your Azure Active Directory, there are literally thousands and thousands of different configuration settings. Gives you um, so many, <laughs> you know, variations that you just nobody really knows if you're, you know, if you're adequately protected if your configuration is correct or not. Uh, and and the worst thing is that you can, it's very difficult to see when that configuration changes, right? right. So the configuration drift is another challenge. Yeah, I, I wanna pile on to that one because that <laughs> is the number one thing that I hear as a challenge from customers, you know, kind of shifting from AD to Azure AD. Azure AD is intrinsically more secure. Microsoft has done a great job of designing it. But there's this aspect of Active Directory that you do, that. You do kind of know where your problems probably lie. It is a well-established technology, but there's a lot of unknown unknowns, uh, to still a turn of phrase with Azure Active Directory, where you might think that you have things configured correctly, but because it's a constantly evolving platform without any specific like upgrade, who knows, maybe you missed a communication or something like that. It, it does keep our customers up at night like, okay, well, is this right? And if it was right yesterday, is it still right mm. today? And it will still be right tomorrow. So it's, it's an interesting problem. It's not a bad problem, but it's right. an interesting one. <laughs> so as we, as we come close to the end here, um, how, how does this fit into the bigger picture? And if the question that comes to mind is you spot something, right? Um, either a change in configuration or, uh, an activity that that shouldn't be taking place. How do you how do you relay that information to the right team so they know what they need to do, when they need to do it, what steps they need to take to to recover or at least prevent something from bad from happening? 
Absolutely. I, I, I kind of spoke quickly past it, but again, returning back to that whole sort of NISTI view, mm-hmm. there's, that's really that response. And uh, I think it was uh, recently, I think Gartner, maybe last year, coined the term ITDR, which is sort of the sister discipline to, um, to uh, uh, like EDR, um, endpoint detection response. Oh, yeah. So it, it's identity detection response. So basically, that's a... That needs to be a discipline and a program. That is not something that you know can be solved with technology, but that's one of the most key things is to basically know what you're looking for and then have a proper response plan with proper escalations in place in order to deal with that on a consistent basis. Yeah. So And pra- yeah. practice it. <laughs> exactly, it's practice. And you know, uh, vendors like Quest, we can give all the greatest information in the world, but you still have to have an ingestion mechanism, a way to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I- exactly. And um, w- as Matthew said, we're following NIST uh, closely, and I think the, the government and the U.S. government in particular has made, you know, pretty great um, progress in uh, helping the cyber, you know, cyber firms and uh, vendors to uh, advance to a more standardized way of looking at, you know, protecting the environments, uh, customer environments. Everything starts with identifying risks, right? Yep. Identifying these risks, taking some action to protect your environment. We use the term cyber resiliency, right? This is all before any attacks really happen, left of boom, right? But then when there's an active attack, you need to be able to detect it. You need to be able to quickly respond to it, remediate, right? If And if all that failed, you need to recover. Yep. Uh, and that's including your data, including your identities, everything, right? And so following that sort of a to z right this is the the primarily this is the risk reduction uh play that we're talking to a lot of our customers about right this is something that needs to be talked at the board level the cso level the you know the ceo level because ultimately that's you know the business continuity conversation right it's not an it you know challenge yep perfect well, Sergey, Matthew, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure. I don't know any any final word you want to want to say. No, I'm just yeah. excited about you know being at RSA. Excited yep. to to meet you, and um, I think uh, lots of lots of great uh, stuff for our customers in the yep. future. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Yep, hopefully some good conversations this week, and uh, thanks for sharing a bit about Quest and what you're doing to help protect identities, key key pillar of uh, everything business, right? I know. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. If you enjoyed this podcast, share ITSP Magazine with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thank you for listening. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24.